In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Gospels are not merely historical accounts that intend to communicate to us information about Jesus of Nazareth. Nor are they merely theological accounts that seek to make clear the disciples' faith in the risen Christ and all the resulting implications for the fate of humanity and the created order itself. The Gospels are neither merely history nor merely theology. They are both of these and more. That is to say, the best, category, the best category for reading and understanding the Gospels is neither the categories of history nor the category of theology, but the category of story. The Gospels are stories. They are narrative sequences that intend both to tell us about Jesus of Nazareth as well as make clear, and each evangelist does this in his own way, the theological significance of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. As stories, there is a certain form or style of reading that is most appropriate to the genre, to the storied form of the life of Jesus given to us by the evangelist. And this form or style of reading is different than it would be if the, guy, if the Gospels were either pure history, as if such a thing were possible, or pure theology, as if genuinely Christian theology could ever divorce itself from history. The storied form of the Gospels compels us to see the evangelists both as theologians and historians, as storytellers who have shaped, adapted, and compiled historical traditions about Jesus in order that we, through the various and interlocking stories, should hear the message of our Lord once again. And so when we find, as we do in our Gospel reading this morning, Jesus asking the blind Bartimaeus the same question that he asked his disciples in last Sunday's reading. That is, what do you want me to do for you? Our ears should perk up. And we are obligated to ask why Mark has placed these two accounts together in which Jesus asks the same question but gets a very different response. The solution to this puzzle, I suggest, is that for Mark, it is the blind, or shall we say the seeing Bartimaeus, who is the model of the faithful follower of Jesus Christ, not the disciples. If then you will allow me to cover once again ground already well tread by Dr. Egan, I would like to look at this week's gospel reading and last week's gospel reading and attempt to discern in both accounts why this question what do you want me to do for you, is asked by Jesus and how the question is answered by the disciples and by Bartimaeus. In last week's reading, which I'm, I'm sure you all remember very well, the question at hand was Jesus' response to the somewhat brash request of his disciples James and John. Coming to him, they said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. To this request, Jesus responds, 
what do you want me to do for you? At this point, Jesus neither accepts nor rejects the request, but instead he intends to draw out the true nature of that request. He wants to know why they have come to him. What are they expecting of him? What do they want him to do for them? Their answer is well known. Full of humility and a servant's heart, they say, We want to sit next to you in glory. (laughs) The question is, what do you want me to do for you? And their answer is we want you to give us power, we want you, we want you to give us power, prestige, and privilege. I'm sure none of us could identify with any of those desires. I'm sure that none of us in our moments of private prayer have ever asked for anything of the sort. Or maybe we have. What the disciples failed to see, and what we often fail to see, is that in a new world, ordered not by Caesar but by the cross, the way to glory is the way through servanthood and suffering. This is the way of Jesus. This is the way bookended by his baptism and his cup. This is why, despite the fact that Daniel 7 says quite explicitly that when the Son of Man comes, quote, all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him, Jesus says the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The way, the way marked out for Jesus by his baptism and for us by our baptism and the cup that we share is the way of servanthood and suffering. It is not the way of power, prestige, or privilege. For those who have been baptized and share his cup, his way is the way of servanthood and suffering. So why does Jesus ask them, what do you want me to do for you? Because disciples have come to him asking him to do for them Whatever they, whatever they want. And how do they answer Jesus' probing question? They ask for power, prestige, and privilege. They don't get what Jesus is all about. What then of the blind Bartimaeus? Given how these two accounts are situated next to each other in Mark's gospel, we are right to ask why Jesus asks him the same question he asked his disciples. And then to compare how he how the different answers relate. For starters, I think we should notice that Bartimaeus isn't part of the in crowd. He hasn't been following Jesus like the disciples, nor is he part of the large crowd that is following from Jericho. No, he is blind. He is an outcast. He sits on the side of the road on his cloak, and he begs. But today is different. Today he has heard amongst the throng of people that Jesus is coming. Jesus is on the way. And so the the blind beggar calls out, no, he shouts, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, as a person who is easily annoyed, I sympathize to a certain extent with the reaction of Jesus' disciples. We're all moving along kind of quietly and peacefully. We don't need anybody shouting out. Um, just 
calm yourself. When they hear the beggar shouting out above the crowd, their immediate reaction is to silence him. But this man will not be silenced. Not right now. Not while Jesus is on the way. He calls out once again, Son of David, have mercy on me. Unlike James and John, insiders, part of the in crowd, who came to Jesus asking that he would do for them whatever they pleased, Bartimaeus asks only for mercy. Jesus, like he did with James and John, wants him to be more specific. What do you want me to do for you? The blind man knows his problem. He knows the condition that ails him, that prevents him from being fully human. And he comes to Jesus not for power, privilege, or prestige, but for mercy. No extended discourse about baptism, the cup, Isaiah 53, or Daniel 7 follows this man's request, as it did the request of James and John. There is nothing Jesus needs to make clear. This man has cried out in faith. This man knows who Jesus is. He is the son of David. This man has left behind his old, humiliating, and dehumanizing way of life by casting aside his cloak, and he has come to Jesus. This man, despite his ailment, has seen what Jesus is really all about. It is, ironically, the blind man who sees and the disciples who are blind. Jesus is on the way long ago foretold by the prophet Isaiah. This is the way of the Lord that John the Baptist proclaimed in the wilderness and that Mark calls the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the way to Jerusalem. From the middle of chapter 8 until the end of chapter 10, as the narrative gets closer and closer to Passion Week, Mark describes Jesus as, quote, on the way. And it is within this so-called way section that Jesus three times predicts his own passion. Suffering and dying in Jerusalem is, for Jesus and Mark, the way of the Lord. The way to Jerusalem. With all that will happen to him there, this is the way that Israel's God will return and bring salvation and healing and sight to his people. This is the way that he will bring an end to Israel's exile. And this is why in Acts the early church is called the way. This is their message. This is their gospel. The way of the Lord. And so when at the end of our gospel reading, at the end of Mark's way section and immediately preceding the the events of Passion Week, When the evangelist says of this man, of once blind Bartimaeus, that he followed Jesus, quote, on the way, then we, if we will have eyes to see and ears to hear, will readily acknowledge that Bartimaeus and his plea for mercy and his plea to be made whole are the model for those who would follow Jesus on the way to Jerusalem, on the way of servanthood and suffering. For those who would follow Jesus, these two accounts tell us first that the way to glory is the way of the cross. 
the way of servanthood and suffering. And second, that the true follower of Jesus on the way isn't the one who comes to him asking for power, prestige, or privilege, but the one who comes begging for mercy, the one who comes begging to be made whole. You will come before your Lord today, and he will ask you, as he asked James, John, and Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Do you want him to make you whole? Do you want him to show you mercy? Or are there parts of you, some sin that holds you so deeply, something that keeps you from being whole, from being the person that God created you to be, that if, like Bartimaeus, you knew that Jesus was there, you knew that the one who could make you whole was on the, le- was on the way, that you might just let him pass you by. Today, Jesus offers you mercy. Today, Jesus offers to make you whole. But he is asking of you, what do you want me to do for you? The question isn't whether or not he can, but whether or not we want him to. Whether or not we are willing to let go of those things that make us less than human. The way of the Lord is hard. It is the way of servanthood and suffering. If we come to him, he will make us whole. He will show us mercy, but then we must follow him on the way. We must be baptized with his baptism and we must drink his cup. We must be ready to serve and suffer on behalf of the world. This isn't the gospel of your best life now. This isn't about power, prestige, or privilege. This is the gospel of the sacraments. This is the gospel of the baptism with which we are baptized, the gospel of the cup that we drink. This is the gospel of the way of the Lord. Will you, like Bartimaeus, follow him on the way? He is asking of you, what do you want me to do for you? Amen.